Hello, friends, and thank you for listening to another Rod Tucker Says podcast because I'm here with the vice president of Children's Hope Chest. Will with Cubs. a one of very many. One with one, <laughs> one of many. With one of very many vice presidents of Children's Hope Chest. I was really trying to talk it up so that the listeners would be impressed, but you called me out right away. Mm-hmm. Will mm-hmm. Crooks is in the house today. Actually, I'm in his house. Right. We got a little basement action going on, a husky sleeping in the dog bed, and uh, a youth pastor sleeping in the room next door. Amen. Amen. It's a holy moment. Will and I are going to talk about a quote this morning. We're going to have one conversation about one quote. I hope that you guys listening can get something out of it because it's been something that's changed my life and I think that, um, I don't know, it's had some level of impact on you. You printed it off and you put it in your plant in your office. Well, not only did I print it off, (laughs) is I took the time to fold it Mm -hmm. and then refold it, refold it, lick it, and then tear it. Yeah. It didn't have any scissors. I did not have any scissors. I had a stapler, but I didn't have any scissors. All right, so here it is. Here's the quote. Are you ready? If you have come to help me, you're wasting your time. But if you have come because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us walk together. That quote was originally, Will, written by an aboriginal nun Mm. in Australia. So I kind of get where she's coming from. Why the heck in the world do you like that? Well, I like the word liberation um, because it's kind of fancy for the word freedom. But the the place where I work, we do a lot of helping people. And oftentimes, we're not helping people when we think we're helping people. Mm -hmm. And we're actually sometimes hurting people. Uh, a good plug for a book would be When Helping Hurts uh, by Brian Fickert. And when I read this quote, there's a truth that rings inside of my head and inside of my heart that says, if a brother or sister of mine is not free, mm-hmm. is being oppressed, then I too am somehow being oppressed. Yeah. And that their freedom and my freedom are intimately joined. And that's a whole different way about looking at helping slash serving mm-hmm. slash going and doing and missions, if you will. And so um, just in the industry and the work that I do at Children's Hope Chest, um, it, it, it means a lot. Uh, it's a different, it's a, it's a different twist of the diamond, a different look, and a different view um, at how we walk with people. So, what work do you do at Children's Hope Chest? Yeah, what we do at Children's Hope Chest is we connect churches. And it's Children's Hope Chest dot. Dot, uh, dot. It's just hopechest.org. Hopechest.org. That's right. If people want to know more, is uh, the work that we do is we connect your church, or if you've got a community of people. Uh, like a blog or a large Facebook community, uh, will connect your community with a community um, where there's a high percentage of orphaned and vulnerable children 
in one of the nine countries that we work. And we're going to put you in a long-term relationship where you're going to do child sponsorship. You're going to do mission trips every year to build and strengthen that relationship. And you're also going to help to raise support for development projects that create sustainability, self-sustainability, local empowerment, asset-based development. Mm -hmm. And so it's not a forever type relationship physically. So I've heard you reference a couple different things. Uh, The book, One Helping Hurts, good read. Um, Then we're talking about this quote, if you've come to help me, you're wasting your time. But if you've come because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us walk together. And a lot of times I think when people hear something like Hope Chest or Compassion International or something like that, they think immediately child sponsorship. And so it's like, Hey, you know, for the price of a cup of coffee, you can change a kid's life. If you would just not go to Starbucks and it's really that simple, you just write the check and stop drinking one cup of coffee once a month and you can you can save this kid's life and and it's kind of like, hey, yeah, check it off the list, you know, just check it right off the list and you've done your good deed and I hear you saying emphatically, no relationship if your freedom if your liberation isn't bound up with the people that you're wanting to help or be a part of their life then then you're you're not doing anything you're wasting your time talk a little bit about that idea of just wasting your time if 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 our freedom isn't bound up together if I'm not neighbors, as like Jesus would say, if I'm not neighbors with the orphan, if I'm not friends with the lowly, if I haven't invited those who are in the ditches and in the gutters to my table to eat with me, all of those, all of those biblical references, why are we wasting our time when we just write the check? That's, that's a powerful question and statement, and you're bringing up a lot of... Uh, great scriptures in that um, one of the scriptures that I've kind of found recently and I, and I love kind of sharing my learnings with that is out of second or first Samuel chapter 2 I believe and um, and I just want to read that the Bible says he raises the poor from the dust hmm and he lifts the needy from the ash heap. Hmm. And the ash heap is actually a more literal term, a pile of dung. Hmm. So the Lord lifts the poor, lifts the needy out of a pile of yeah, feces. feces. And he seats them with princes. And has them inherit a throne of honor. Hmm. Again, it turns the table on who you're helping, who you think you're helping. What you're doing is actually serving royalty. Hmm. And the relationship aspect, whether it's child sponsorship, whether it's your troubled the next door neighbor, whether it's serving at the mission, is if you have resource but you don't have relationship, 
-hmm. There's a transaction that takes place. Mm -hmm. But true transformation happens when one life engages and encounters another life. Yeah. I remember being in uh, New Orleans when I was younger. I was leading some trip. And we we were going to just kind of clean houses for people, you know, whose houses have been destroyed in the hurricane. And one of our uh, people on our team, I happen to be leading the team, and I have no idea why in the world the, the college that I was attending would have even put me in charge at all to drive a group of students down to New Orleans. But a whole other topic. I, one of our students said, can we make a bunch of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and go hand them out to poor people? And I don't think I knew what I was saying in the moment, but I told her no. And, and then I said, these people don't want your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. They want your life. And as much anger as, as that statement brought, I think it was coming from you know, my aboriginal heritage with this, <laughs> with this nun who said this quote, even though I have none. If you've come to help me, you're wasting your time. But if you've come because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us walk together. They don't need your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. They need your life. And out of that, you know, this student ended up moving down there for a year and giving her life to New Orleans. What what changes have you seen in people when they make a shift in their mind from I'm going to just write a check and sponsor an orphan to I'm going to write a letter or I'm going to take a trip, I'm going to build a relationship with someone or even if it's my neighbor, I'm not just going to, to, to come to help, I'm here because I want to walk together. What kinds of shifts in people have you seen? I can think of two that jump to my mind. But what you're talking about is you're talking about story. Hmm. And when it comes to story, who are we often telling stories about? And when you and I get together, who am I, who am I always telling stories about their soccer or their mm -hmm. running or, um, well, we'll get to her story in, in just a second. Or the way my other daughter buys stock, you know, as yeah. I'm always, family. my family, Your my family. kids. Absolutely. I'm always talking about my kids. And when I begin talking about my sponsored child as my child, the world takes note. When I go and say, when I was in Uganda, I was with my kid, my sponsored kid, and we did the ALS challenge together. Remember the ice bucket challenge yeah. that was going around years ago? Oh, my gosh. Right. I got challenged when I was in Uganda. There's not, there's not an ice cube within a 1,000 miles of me. <laughs> right. And I'm like, well, okay, so what am I going to do? And uh, so I got my sponsored kid. We went over to a well together and, and pumped water on each other and, and laughed. And, and I love telling that story. And if we have time today, I've got a great letter of a paragraph just written. And I share that. And people, they'll take note of, wait a second, this isn't a $38. When he says sponsorship, he's 
clearly talking about relationship. Yeah. That he knows, that he sees that child, and that child sees and knows him. Yeah. And so it, it's a contagious thing. But in terms of life change, Rod, I've got two that I love to tell. And one is about my daughter. And she went to, to Uganda. Uh, she's been to Ghana. We've adopted uh, some kids from, from Ghana. And so she's been to those countries. And the Lord began to work on her heart through relationship. Mm-hmm. And as a 17-year-old, she graduated from high school. And she said, I'm not ready to go to college. What I want to do first is I want to go to Thailand and I want to work with girls in the red light district. I want to do life with them. Yeah. And that was her whole thing. I want I don't want to go rescue. Jesus has done that. <laughs> there you go. Right? Yeah. I want to do life That's with. That's right. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go and build relationship. I'm gonna I'm going to I'm going to say, you know what? Is if they're bound, I'm bound. And I'm going to to just build that family. I'm going to go be in relationship with the people who God has already made kings and queens. That's right. I love it. That's right. And she still has relationship with them today. So we so we hit this 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 quote that Jesus says and it's so obscure to me it's the end of time. All of a sudden Jesus transports us to the end of time and he says, you know, I'm going to separate everybody out. And I'm going to say, I was hungry. Where were you? I was thirsty. Where were you? And we spend so much of our time, I'm kind of transitioning here, thinking about, I want to be in relationship with Jesus. I want to have intimacy with my Father. I want to read my Bible. I want to spend time in prayer. I want to do all of these things. And sometimes I wonder... If what Jesus is saying was, if you really want to spend time with me, then you need to find the hungry and the thirsty and the naked and spend time with them because I'm going to tell you whatever you did for the least of these you did for me. And I'm wondering, I just, I always have this inkling and this pull inside of me that's like, if I'm not spending time with the most hurting, Maybe I'm not spending time with Jesus. Because maybe maybe in some abstract and literal way, Jesus is that person. Do you have do you have that letter that you were talking I about? I do. And there's the that's the royalty thing. That's us serving the king, right? Isn't isn't that what we would say? Yeah. Is that we're on earth serving Christ. We say that all the time as Christians. And he says, This is who I am. Serve me. Right. I'm here. I'm in. I am a child who has been born and raised in a dump. Right. And, and that's why it's perfect religion. That's why James 1 27. It's that's perfect religion. God's not going to say anything against that. You know, he talks about what is it in Joel or even in Micah. He's like, I don't care about your sacrifices. What I want is for you to act justly. Mm. To love mercy mm-hmm. and to walk humbly with me. Yeah, that's that's what he's after. That's what he wants. And he even said the prophet Jeremiah said, "You defended the cause of the poor and the needy, and so all went well with you." Isn't that what it means to know me? Declares the Lord. To know. To know. You want to know God? Defend the cause of the poor and the needy. Yeah. I walk love- in liberation. 
because your 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 freedom is bound in theirs. So walk humbly, love mercy, and act justly. Mm-hmm. If you've come to just do stuff, and you've not come to hold hands and walk humbly with with people, with the hurting, and if you've not come to love people and love mercy and love reaching out, and if you've not come to fight for someone else's freedom, you are wasting your time, you're wasting their time, and we might even go as far as to say, since Jesus has a huge claim on that the hurting, you're wasting Jesus's time. But if you've come, if I've come, because my freedom, my liberation, my redemption is bound up with that person, whoever they are, then I can walk together with them, and in that way, I can walk together with Jesus. That's right. We were, we're, we're, that's intimacy. That's fellowship with the Lord. That's intimacy with Jesus. That's right. So, hilariously, <laughs> I'm laughing now. For those of you listening, thank you so much for listening. Well, thanks for sharing. Um, this is not a call for social justice for, for, for all of my friends around the nation here. This is a call to be intimate with Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is my call to spend my, my quiet times with Jesus. But Jesus has made it clear who he is and where he is. Mm-hmm. And if my freedom is not bound up with his freedom, and he's the hungry and the thirsty and the naked and the hurting, um, then I'm wasting my time, I'm wasting his time. But if, but if it is bound up with the hungry and the thirsty and the naked and the hurting, then I can walk with Jesus. That is, that's powerful. It is. That is beautiful. You have the letter. You found the letter. Oh, I've got the letter. You, I keep it pretty darn close to me. That was stealth mode. What? I, all of a sudden, you just pulled it out. Yeah, I was like, well, if I could, because... Let's, let's close out with this letter right here that, that you have. And who who's it from? This is from Sam. This is my, this is my, my son, Sam, uh, in Uganda. Okay, some people would say you're a sponsored child. Yep. But you're talking yep. about the relationship you have with this young man, and he's your son. Yeah, this was the last letter that he wrote to me, and it starts off, Dear Daddy. Dear. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you're not, you, you've got me. If I'm, you know? not, if I'm not, I'm, if you're not crying right now, That's listening, right. here we go. Dear Daddy. Dear Daddy. Uh, he says, You are a blessing to me. Uh, how is life over there? Here in Odetel. We are okay. Me with my sisters, Magdalene and Goretti. And those aren't his sisters. Well, they are. They're the other kids that uh, my wife and I sponsor. Mm -hmm. And so he calls them, these are my sisters now. Wow, he's inserted himself into your family. That's right. He says, I am so glad with the Bible that you gave. And I've read the Bible. And the Bible tells me, Sam, one who loves you and minds about you is the one who delivers the word of God to you. So I am thanking you for building my life with the Word of God, and I pray that God would continue to build into your life and everyone around you. And then he mentions Lauren, Ken, who's my boss, Laura, who's a a colleague, Hmm. and to Levi, which is one of my sons. And those are the people that we challenged in that ice bucket challenge. And so he remembered (laughs) from that one time, and he he says, Lord, build into their life. And uh, he says, so that your family will be blessed. 
and that God knows your family. And he says, when I do something bad to you or to others, he says, you have a right to correct me because you are my parent, my mummy who died and my father who left me. And he's saying, you have that authority to, to transform my life. And, and I say, Sam, you've given, you have the authority to transform my life. And he ends it with this. He says, I think we're going to complete our journey at reaching to all of the other care points in Uganda. He has a dream to, uh, to see the other care points in Uganda that, uh, that Children's Hope Chest has. And he, I think he's going to do it. He walked seven kilometers one day yeah. just to see another care point. Wow. And uh, he's finished second in his class of 500 students. Oof. He finished second. Smart, bright kid. And um, he says, I want you to greet for me all of our family members, mm-hmm. especially Mummy, um, who we have not yet seen. And he's always inviting Pam to, you know, go over. And she will. She will someday. Thank you from your beloved son, Abulu Sam. So, oh, my gosh. That's beautiful. It is. It's awesome. And it's Sam, awesome. Sam, if you had come to write Sam a check... <laughs> You're wasting your time. But if you had come to fulfill a need of a mother who died and a father who left him, then walk together. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's what it is. Relationship. We're called to walk together. Go in peace. Look forward to talking with you again.